0: We had asked David to join us today. Um, He has been quite focused since he found out about how you get your first promotion and what that first 5% did for him and how he reallocated that money coming in to take care of various and sundry things. So we asked him to join us today. David, you have been focused since that first promotion, but as of late you've been even more focused. Uh, Would you share with us just kind of some of the things that have happened in your life in the last few weeks,
1: uh, sure, well, you know we we started this conversation a couple of weeks ago, um, and we talked about you know kind of the the last two years what that journey's been like, and then we realized there's a bunch that we didn 't get to in that call when it came to what the last two months have been like because coming out of conference, there were a couple of things that happened there that I just really kind of lit me up a little bit and i and help me establish what my goals were going to be for the last five months of the year. And very simply, it was when Clarkson stood up there in that leaders meeting and put up the the new promotion level or the, uh, the new contest. And it just kind of drove to me coming out of conference that, okay, here's here's the goals that I want. And how am I going to get there? And, and the goals that I wanted to accomplish were pretty simple. Uh, well, a simple list. They were: <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I hit diamond, which is 250,000 APV for the year. I wanted to make sure that I qualified for that 8% America bonus that they give out uh, the first week of December. I wanted to make sure that I hit my next contract level, which required two months of 30,000 uh, APV back-to-back. And then I wanted to make sure that I was a winner of <clears throat> one of the two NTC contests, which was either the Rolex or the, the cash, you know, the cash awards between a thousand and ten thousand. 10,000. And those were the four things when I walked away from conference that really um, kind of set my, 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 my thoughts in motion of, you know, what does my activity need to look like for the next five months? Why diamond? Well, I'm the kind of guy and I'm gonna go back to the very first conference I went to and this is why we go to conference. My very first conference was, you know, January twenty eighteen and I sat at the back table there I think with Johnny and Bridget and a couple of others. I think Bob Kinwell was at that table and um watched all of the people go across, get their income rings, go across and get their talk about their different elite levels that they had. And it really bothered me. I'd just started, and it just was like, I've got to be one of those people walking across the stage at the next platform. And I don't know if it's an arrogance issue or what, but it always annoys me when I'm not in the next level of people that walked up. And so like this last conference, I had earned platinum in in 2018. And so uh, the last conference, they had me up on the platform for 2018. Well, it really bothered me that I wasn't in – the final group which was the, which was the diamond group I think there were seven diamond people that had reached diamond so I'm like okay I'm not going to come back to conference in January and not walk across the stage as diamond well at the time I needed like 125,000 or so APV to go for the year so how do I get there and that really drove the conversation that Dick you and Connie and I had on okay well number one let's get momentum started immediately and and the easiest thing to do that was we looked at what the next promotion level was, which was the 110% contract. Well, that requires two months in a row of 30,000 APV. Okay, well, if we do that, then what does that do? That chops, that chops you know, 60% off of the need to hit to the diamond level number one, plus it, it gets me on a significant roll going into October and November that it ensures that I hit that Amerioco bonus. Um, and by keeping those kinds of numbers, looking at the other production of the people that were on the leaderboards for the, the watch and the, and the cash awards, I realized that if I, if I maintain the target of hitting diamond and use going after that next contract level as kind of the initial starting point for that, that it would be hard for anybody else to keep up that kind of pace. I felt like I'd be at the top of the pace to be able to go in and and you know win one of the watches or or win one of the cash prizes. So when we got back, we made the decision that I was going to sit down and redouble my efforts and and really focus on getting that two months of thirty. Practically, what that meant was. Hands down, without a doubt, I knew that I was committing to no less than 15 appointments a week, more likely at least 20 set appointments a week. And then driving that commitment to that 20 appointments a week, everything else has trickled down. And the reason we're kind of talking this morning is because we did that. So those last two months, yesterday, I actually, actually, I think it was Friday, we went over the top on the two months of 30 and hey, so David. I'm
0: sitting here, yes, yes, sir. Let me interject something here. I want everybody on the call to understand why we're doing this. Everybody that was at convention could be participating. Now, the diamond part, no, because that started a long time ago. But the eight percent bonus goal that he set after convention with Americo, anybody on this call could have gone for that. Uh, anybody on this call could have gone for the next promotion level in the next 60 days, which would have made a difference in their income. Anybody on this call could have gone for any of the contests, or not any, but they could have gone for a contest either for the cash or the Rolex watch. And they could have done it by setting up a, a mindset of doing 15 to 20 appointments. So this just isn't an exercise of patting David on the back. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with you could have done the exact same thing had you gone to convention and come out with it with the same mindset. Mm -hmm. So that's the purpose in this exercise of going through this to see how he looked at this as the opportunity it was and then went to it, as you've heard him say, two or three uh, times here, how we put the activity in to get there. And I think I don't want anybody to miss that, David, because that's an important part of why we're having this call and this conversation this morning. But so thank you and go ahead. Okay.
1: Yeah, well, and I think part of it was going back going back to June. My, my production was dismal. And part of it was just I had zero commitment during the month of June on setting those appointments each week. And, you know, good – I may have talked about this on previous calls, but good sales – People that are kind of sales-driven, I was talking about this with a new guy the other day, Brad. I think Brad's listening. Hey, Brad. Um, Good salespeople, once they recognize a lever that they can pull that produces the outcome, that lever is not like a slot machine lever where you're wondering if it's going to spit out the winner. In in, in any good sales channel, any good sales model, any good – you know, whether you're in the mortgage business, whether you're selling Kirby vacuums or whatever, once any of those individuals has identified the exact lever that they can pull that makes that sales machine spit out the re- the desired result, then it's just a matter of rinse and repeat. And in this business, if there's anything I've learned, it's that 20 appointments a week puts you in the top 5% of production in the entire organization. 15 appointments a week puts you in the top 25 percent um 10 appointments appointments a week puts you in the top 50 you know from from my perspective and so there's no other guesswork to it now obviously the follow-up is if you sit on 20 appointments two weeks in a row and you're not closing anything something's wrong red alert call dick but um if you're if you're you're you know you have the basic skill set of what you're doing setting 20 appointments a week drives the rest of those and so The the second part to that is the consistency of doing that weekend and week out. I mean, my wife and I, Jenny and I, we went away for the weekend last weekend. Well, I knew with my goals that I couldn't take Saturday morning morning off from dialing. That's one of my prime, prime, prime times for dialing. And so we talked about it before we went. And and while it was supposed to be a weekend away, at the same time, she and I both knew it was important to make sure that I didn't come home to an empty week. And so she just planned and she went for a run on the beach. We were out at the ocean. And she went for a run on the beach while I was on the phone for two hours. And I sat there in our little condo and, and booked up my, my following week. And, and so having that consistency, you know, when, when you go from zero to trying to do that, is is a lot more difficult than oh yeah last week I sat on twenty or I booked twenty this week I booked twenty next week I'm booking twenty it's just a a minimum line in the sand and um, one of the things that when a lot of people are contacted just you know on little side channels here in GroupMe or in, in text and said hey I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna shoot for you know fifteen appointments next week and I meet my my response to them right away is well are you shooting for that or are you actually setting 20 appointments. There's a big difference. You know, what, what do we say when we talk to ourselves or, you know, I, I need to lose some weight or I am a healthy eater. What, what's the, <laughs> you know, what, what, are, what are we saying that it's a big difference. And so, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, somebody I was talking to the other day said, man, I really, I really need to get this business going. And, and my response is, well, that's not a plan. That's, that's a hope. And, and so, the biggest thing we need to be doing, is not saying I need to get or I'm targeting or I'm hoping to get or here's what I'm thinking of. No, no, it's next week. I set 20 appointments. I'm setting 20 appointments next week. It's 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 a it's a that's a specific action that then requires the follow up behaviors to do that. And I think if anything over the last couple of months, so whether it's somebody that's trying to get to you know the 80% contract level or somebody that's trying to win the America bonus. Don't even don't underestimate the Americal bonus. I mean that is between now and November 30, you do 35k with them to get an additional eight percent, and they're writing that check on December 10th. Um, that's a that's a really nice check to get right before, and that's separate from your contract level. You can be at any contract level, and as long as you do 35k, they're going to give you eight percent. You know, and so I, I mean I, I cleared I, I qualified for the first level of the America bonus here. Well the thirty five thousand threshold a couple of weeks ago and it's already sitting at well over a four thousand dollar bonus that we're gonna get the second week of December. And that doesn't matter what contract level, you can be a seventy percent or a hundred and ten, and your bonus is the exact same. And um it's like, man, you know, why would I not do that? So okay, so I'm 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 quoting Americo on every final expense that I have, provided the client qualifies, things like that. And hey, uh, David.
0: Let me point out something else here. AmeriCo is one of the companies that we are trying to develop more of a relationship to get a proprietary product from them. Uh, That couple – now, I know in Washington, I don't think that's the case, but most everybody on this call today, the AmeriCo HMS 125 is the least expensive product on the market for cash back or money back. In addition, it's the only product on the market that gives them living benefits or the foreclosure protection. So not only are you putting yourself in a position to win from an income standpoint, you're putting your clients in a position to win an unbelievable opportunity to get the money back the least expensive way. And and you know what, David? I am still one out of five one out of four people when I call them, what are you going to show the client? Well, I'm going to show them, you know, the full mortgage and half the mortgage. Well, what about return of free? Well, it's so expensive. Guys, I want to jump off of a bridgehead first. It is to you, but you don't know how the client sees the value and money back. A lot of guys are thinking, I don't want to buy this insurance because I'm not going to die. So they don't see the value of it. They really don't think they're going to, but when you – expose them to getting their money back, they can't, how do, they can't run from that. If they die, the family is taken care of. If they don't die, they get the money back. Win-win. And if they're cancer in five years, they've got money to live on and keep it from losing their home. Yes, David.
1: And I'll confess, Dick, I'm, I was one of the offenders on that until about three months ago. I mean I think I showed I I'll just be transparent and honest. I think in the in since I started I had showed ROP I, frankly I got to believe I showed it less than 5 times in the previous year and a half out of that exact same fear. And and so you took me to the woodshed. Um you know I'm still smarting a little bit. It's difficult to sit down, but <laughs> Um, you know, and so, and so what I did is I adopted this. I kind of added my, I changed the way I was presenting in the home. So what I did was I said, I I looked people right in the eye. I'm not going to presume to tell you what your budget is. So I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you a lot of different options on here. Give me about five or six, seven minutes while I build this grid. I'll teach you how to read it. And you tell me what you see, what you think fits. And then I break it up into two sections up on the top of the programs were you pay the premium and that's it and, and everybody's happy down here is the exact same coverages except they'll give you all this money back and then i i use the bill martin trick of showing them the 20 year or method i don't want to say trick that sounds terrible it's a method of using the 20-year rop to pay off your mortgage early and that's on his video that he did a couple of weeks ago and so uh i've been i just been showing the RLP and I'll be honest with you with fear and trepidation. When I put a 200 and some odd 300 and some odd dollar premium in front of somebody and to my chagrin, the number of people that have <laughs> turned around and, and, uh, <laughs> took it, you know, I was not, I, it's like, and, and so that was
0: my bad. That was my bad for not showing that to
1: hundreds of clients be-
0: earlier. Before you go on with that, like, cause I think you, you, Touched on something important there. In terms of talking, a lot of people will do this twenty or twenty-five year money back plan, pay their mortgage off five to ten years early, and it saves them fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars on the mortgage. Now suddenly, if they're kind of sweating a little bit on doing the twenty-five year money back, because the difference between the twenty-five and the thirty-year money back with Americo is minimal, and if they can see a premium if they can see where they don't have to make a $1,200 payment for 50 or 60 months for five years, guys, that's $72,000 this family is going to save because they took out a mortgage protection plan with foreclosure benefits. just—I mean It's just amazing the value you can add to that. So I, I don't want to let that slip by. Now, The key to it is you need to learn how to present it in such a way that it's palatable and you're not beating them with a club. Yeah, and over-talking. And over-talking. You just present the numbers and shut up. Amen. You know, less is better. So great, great point there. And thanks for your transparency on that because, I mean, it's showing now with what's happened with your income. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You had asked me last night uh, to remind you about the bullseye um, concept of dealing with people. Yeah, so
1: if any of you have ever read the book by Todd Duncan called High Trust Selling, um, in there he has several laws of selling that I've used for years, back to when I had my mortgage company back in the early 2000s. And one of the main laws that he has in there is this concept called Law of the Bullseye. And what it is is this, you know, any, any, you know, when you think about a bullseye, any ring on the bullseye is a success, right? If you go to an archery range or you, you go to a shooting range and you hit the bullseye with a gun or an arrow, any, any hit, hit making any hole on the target is considered, okay, yeah. hey, at least I, I hit the target, yay, let's move on to the next shot. Well, one of the things he teaches is, wait a second, you went to all this exercise of learning, how to make sure you have the right equipment, making sure you have the right uh, safety gear, making sure you've properly trained how to properly pull the arrow back to hit the target. Why not we take the extra step and go for the center of the bullseye? And when I had my mortgage company back in the early 2000s, I had built referral relationships with several realtors, but many of them were kind of your average realtor that just kind of started off, they were dealing with really small purchase amounts. They were dealing with not necessarily a a luxury level of client. Uh, The level of referrals they provided was was rare or random. And I started recognizing that there was that group of realtors, and they were most of my referral partners. Mm -hmm. But where we lived, there was an elite group of realtors that dealt with waterfront homes, $750,000 loan amounts or higher. They were making, you know, they were, they were transacting with 15 to 20 clients a quarter, if not more. And so I got, when I read that law of the bullseye, the idea was, wait a second, what if I double down on my efforts? And instead of going for just any realtor, excuse me, instead of just going for any realtor, how about I get the one in the center, the one that You know, I'd rather have one killer realtor as a partner who's referring five, ten clients a month. Now they're loan amounts. And in the mortgage business, the higher the loan amount, generally speaking, the higher income. And um, they're easier people to deal with. These people tend to be more credit qualified than the people trying to buy a $100,000 home. Uh, And so I developed this idea of who's the elite? I mean, if I could just throw on a Superman's cape, who could I go and get that would just turn my business upside down? And there was this realtor, and you can look her up today. Her name was Carolyn Westmoreland, and she was one of the premier realtors in, in our area in Gig Harbor, Washington. And, okay, well, I knew I knew her through acquaintances. How do I build a referral r- relationship into her? And I spent a few months developing and improving my, realtor, my, my referral relationships to her that by the time I contacted her and sat down – with her to talk about her referring her business to my mortgage company she had uh, she knew all about me she knew about the business I was doing she knew about the baseball suite we had up at Safeco Field where the Mariners where I take my clients she knew about our Christmas dinner from my clients she knew all that and when I asked her to be a referral partner with me it was three seconds for her to say yes and she became my biggest partner and was the reason my mortgage company was so successful. Well. So I started thinking about that in relation to our business. You know, we spend, if you think about it, how much time do we take to get one client? Um, You know, if I'm going to sit on the phone for two hours on a Saturday and dial on 25 or 30 leads on a Saturday, I'll set approximately 10 to 12 appointments in that period of time. Okay, well, then if I go out and I sit on 10 of those appointments, how many of those am I going to close? But then a lot of us just have this attitude, and I, I have too, where, okay, now it's just on to the next week, and all oh, those people were nice, and they had a really cute dog. What about the idea of instead of them just being somebody on the target, what about converting them to that center of the bullseye? You've already, We've already taken the effort to make them a client. Why don't we make them a permanent client, one that we don't have to re-win every time? So it got started developing this thought of what is it going to take for me to put in place things like a follow-up referral with every client. Here's a painful idea. What if I set aside three hours a week of my time where I go back and as part of delivery with the client say, Hey, by the way, when, when this is done, I'm going to come sit down with you. We're going to spend 10 minutes. We're just going to do a quick little final review and splash holy water on our, on our, on our process here today. And, And then that way uh, you know exactly how to read your face sheet. I'll show you how to make your online account, all these kinds of things. Okay, well, let's take that a step further. What about all the other opportunities in the home that we could talk about, whether it's retirement savings or children's policies or, you know, whatever. And so instead of just having that one event with a client, what if we turn that client into, well, now I'm, I'm touching them, Once or twice a year, with a thank you card, a handwritten thank you card after it closes, with a personal visit when I deliver, come back after the policies arrived, and just do a quick review. What about being intentional about reaching out to them at 18 months? What about this whole program that Equus has with the with the uh, uh, advanced markets where they're helping do the retirement planning for people? And so, one of the things in the last eight weeks I've been doing is going much deeper with clients on scheduling a, a quick little follow-up after their policy arrives, just a little five, 10-minute follow-up, uh, laying the groundwork for, by the way, in a few months I'm going to reach out and come in and show you a couple other things that our company provides when it comes to some retirement planning, things like that. And here's what I'm quickly discovering is that that second little follow-up that is taking a few minutes each week per client, suddenly my chargebacks, you know, I don't have very many, but I've noticed that there's even less. Um, I've noticed that people are tending to remember who I am. It was weird for me. I had a client last year. I called them up after a year, and they said, who are you? I'm the guy in your home that helped you take out that mortgage protection plan. What mortgage protection plan? I seen them coming out of their checking account for a year, and they didn't even remember it. And then the humbling thing, the most humbling thing for me, was I got a lead about six weeks ago from a client. I'm like, I kind of recognize this name. Well, I show up for the appointment, scheduled the appointment, and it's somebody I wrote last year. Oh. You know, and I stood on the porch and they opened the door and they was like they had never even seen me, and yet I spent an hour and a half with them sitting in their kitchen. In fact, the lady even made me chocolate cake, you know, and and here was a year later and they had forgotten who I was. And so I'm like, wait a second here. I went to all this trouble, paid the $50 for the lead, set the appointment a year ago. I'm back a year ago. They don't even remember who I am. And so I've got to go much 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 deeper and move these clients from the outside of the target to the center because then what happens well then they refer me to their family then they don't take another policy from another agent when another agent calls them the the cancellations go down dramatically and I've re, and I've increased the return of of investment on a client from just a one-off event to now I'm building a business that these people routinely, they know who I am. They're expecting a contact once every year or so. Um, its they're, they're happy to take the follow-up referral or the follow-up review appointment. They're happy to take a, a conversation later on about, by the way, let's talk about some retirement things. And so, the law of the bullseye is something that I've been very intentional in the last eight weeks is if I can just take a few extra minutes with the client and walk them through that, can I make them a permanent client that then over the next five years, that 30% of my book of business be built on just the referral business coming out of my existing client database. and um, And so that's what the law of the bullseye has been about. And that's been the other thing in the middle of all these goals over the last eight weeks that I've implemented. And, And uh, it's been fun to watch.
0: You know, David, as you were talking, it reminded me of a friend of Barry Clarkson. Uh, He did basically the same thing you're talking about. Uh, He went to the college that was close to their area, um, lived there for five years. Over a five-year period of time, he had approximately 200 clients a year. He only dealt with college graduates from Virginia Tech, writing them insurance when they were starting their career, and um, once he got a 1,000 clients in his file, he moved back to Lynchburg. And for the last 30 years, all he had worked are those clients, then their children, now their grandchildren, and that's what he's done. And everybody on this call here today, you want to get off of ever paying for another lead, do what David just talked about here for five years, write two to 250 applications a year, at the end of five years, you've got 1,000 to 1,200 clients. They will be a gold mine that will produce on and on and on and on. Now, if you want to earn more, you've got to learn more. So as this process begins, you take care of mortgage protection, had a lengthy conversation with a, a new agent yesterday. Somebody had told him, well, you've got to go in and do an insurance review, a financial needs analysis, and you have to offer them what they need. I said, no, that's a kiss of death in our business because we've been invited into these people's home for one reason and one reason only. If John doesn't come home because of a car wreck or heart attack, neither does his paycheck. Without his paycheck, nine months after his death, that family is going to lose their home due to foreclosure. We are invited in there to make sure that doesn't happen. As David has so well pointed out here this morning, we can earn the right to come back and offer them other products, but if we go in there with both guns blazing trying to sell them everything in the world we offer, we lose because they feel like they've been baited and switched. And this is a great way for you to build your business and have a, in five years, you'll never need another lead if you do this right, taking advantage of the law of the the bullseye. And, um, David, any other comments there that you'd like to share this morning on that?
1: Uh, You know, no, I just think the biggest thing is that hoping, you know, when you look at, here it's October 1, we've got three months left in the year. I would encourage folks to put some of these things in, in place that... Whatever, it's either going for the next promotion level or go grab that America bonus. I mean, goodness gracious, to to do 35 with America between now and November 30th is not out of the question, and there's your Christmas spending for your family. Um, You know, uh, if anything, uh, go deeper with clients. Take the time and go deeper with them. You know, the, the cost of obtaining one client is is good it's 50 bucks for what you know whatever you're paying for your leads but how about converting that client into a long-term you know family of clients that you're constantly going back to take the extra few minutes it's a lot easier than hopping on the phone for two hours to try to find eight more new clients um so anyway and then the other thing is go to convention you gotta go you, you gotta plan now you gotta be there in january if it don't, don't there's no doubt about it you've got to be there because for me sitting at that table watching those people walk across the stage was all i needed
0: <laughs> you know it's interesting you say that because that's what motivated you look what motivated Maxwell yesterday that one statement from Barry probably changed that man's life and you never know Barry made the comment, he says, you know, there's four to six people in every convention. I think it's a much higher number than that. And the reason I say that is our years and experience, I mean, we literally get point to several hundred people that we've known that never would have uh, survived in this industry if they hadn't gone to their first convention. You know, let the convention do the heavy lifting and the inspiration for you. You know, uh, David, thank you so much. Um, I think this you- is something... That everybody can take. I, I want to give you one tip. I, we like to add value on every every call from a in-the-home selling situation. Think about this, for. and I know if you've been doing this for very long, every one of you have been confronted with this. Somebody comes into a lump sum of money, therefore they don't see the need for life insurance, and they are determined not to buy any life insurance. And, um, Now, that's not a good idea, and that's a topic for another call, but the first tendency for us to say is, oh, how about an annuity? Why do I know that? Because I have this conversation two or three times a week. Well, uh, if they listen to Dave Ramsey or Susan Ortman, they're not fans of annuities because they don't understand the power of a fixed annuity. See, a variable annuity is really not a good product for most people. It's definitely not a good product for middle America because they have no tolerance for risk. And the expenses on that type of a product are very high. And David and Susie Ortman are correct on that. Unfortunately, they don't seem to separate the two and understand the difference. Now, so how about this approach? Rather than blurt out, well, let's do an annuity or have you heard of annuity? Let's take this approach. Using, say, the sale of a piece of property as your source of the money. Well, the first question I would ask would be, what do you think that property might be worth in 10 to 12 years? And let's assume it was a $100,000 property. Well, it's probably going to be worth 125 dollars or maybe $150,000. Then my second question would be, has that property increased 25 to 50% in the last 10 years? you think there's any chance it could double in the next 10 or 12 years? Guys, those are two questions that really engage them, and they're going to have to say, well, based on the last 10 years, no. Well, let me ask you the third question. If you could reallocate that $100,000 into something that acted like life insurance, but it actually doubled in value in the next 10 to 12 years, And along the way, if you died, it could be used to pay off the mortgage in the event of your death. Would you be interested in something like that? What have I just described? I described a fixed indexed annuity, but I never used the word. All I focused on was what the annuity does, not what it is. And if they say yes, I mean, how could they not be interested in that? If they could see a way for that $100,000 to double, no risk, but along the way it could be used to protect the family to pay the mortgage off, why wouldn't they be interested in something like that? Well, let me put some numbers together to see what that looks like and see if you what you can qualify for. Set the appointment to go back. And then, guys, everybody should have in their briefcase a suitability form for an annuity because that's going to give you what you need to determine if they do qualify and I would pull out a suitability form, say, I need a little information to plug into our systems to see if this will work for you. It works for a lot of people, and they love it, but I don't know if you qualify. What do you want? Something you don't know that you can have. Mm -hmm. So fill out the suitability form. You've got the appointment for next week. Then you get with Pete Lee uh, uh, or 2.0, have them go through what is a suitable for them. Now you've got an opportunity to go back and pick up a four or five thousand dollar commission and more importantly, protect that money for the family because the wife is sitting there dying inside. When he says he doesn't need insurance, especially when you run into this guy, he always answers the questions for her. You know, now you've put him on the spot. You've, it's like walking into a dark room and turn the light on. Cockroaches run everywhere. You've exposed him for what he is. Now you come back with an option that's pretty difficult for him to say no. But the key to this is focus on what it does, not what it is. Guys, I hope this has helped today um, to give you an idea of how this works.